episode 71 so basically the patient has a posterior hip dislocation posterior hip dislocations which accounts for approximately 90% of the hip dislocation is typically caused by axial load on the femur while the hip is flexed and adducted that is dashboard injury patient usually have severe pain and difficulty walking on examination the hip is flexed adducted and internally rotated the limb often appears shortened plain x-ray is usually diagnostic but both antero posterior and the lateral views may be necessary to differentiate a posterior from the anterior dislocation yeah so we have to take both the antero posterior and the lateral view due to violent nature of the injury hip dislocation is often associated with additional injuries including the fracture acetabular of the femoral head fractures and also the sciatic nerve injury chronic complication includes the osteonecrosis of the femoral head so the treatment of the hip dislocations requires expedited reductions typically within first 6 hours only so expedited reduction should be the close reduction dislocation without associated fracture is usually managed with close reduction that is non operative reduction in emergency room but if dislocation is there with the fractures then you have to go for open open reductive fractures in the operating room delayed reduction for more than 6 hours is associated with increased risk of the osteonecrosis of the femoral head therefore discharging the patient or admitting without reducing the uh, this dislocations will be inappropriate so firstly we have to reduce it within the 6 hours if it is uh, there is, there is fractures then we go for open reduction and if there is no fractures then we simply go for close reduction all right moving on to the next topic which is the renal vein thrombosis all right so the risk factors of uh, renal vein thrombosis is hypercoagulability where you see nephrotic syndrome malignancies particularly renal malignancies and the use of oral contraceptive pills volume depletion in infants trauma all these findings also so trauma volume depletion in infants and uh, hypercoagulability that is nephrotic syndrome malignant particularly the renal and oral contraceptive use causes the renal vein thrombosis clinical features of renal vein thrombosis is you see hematuria with renal vein thrombosis although you think how it is happening but still there is ischemia sort of thing so you see hematuria and flank and abdominal pain is also there elevated lactate dehydrogenase and acute kidney injury can be there okay and large kidney on imaging Although there is renal vein thrombosis, you see that the blood is not uh, uh, getting out of the kidney. So, it is getting accumulated in the kidney and therefore the kidney size is increasing. Okay, so enlarging kidney is a feature of renal vein thrombosis. Diagnosis is done with the help of CT scan and MR, angiography and also renal venogram can done. Renal venography. Treatment into includes anticoagulations, thrombolysis, thrombectomy if acute kidney injury is present. Anticoagulation, thrombolytic and thrombo uh, thrombolysis and thrombectomy. So this patient likely has a renal vein thrombosis. Renal vein thrombosis result in markedly increase in the glomerular pressure leading to the renal vascular congestions, capsular stretch manifesting as a flank pain and hematuria. The renal vein thrombosis most commonly occurs in the setting of the nephrotic syndrome due to the urinary loss of the anticoagulant anticoagulant protein and alteration in the hemostatic balance but can also occurs in acquired hypercoagulability state such as the malignancies as seen in this patients and trauma laboratory analysis typically demonstrates hematuria otherwise blind urine analysis is there also elevated lactate dehydrogenase level can be there possibly related to the necrosis in the setting of the thrombosis acute kidney injury may occur but is more typically in the setting of the bilateral renal with thrombosis renal ultrasonography with the doppler and the abdominal ct scan have low sensitivity and may demonstrate only the enlarging kidney so although doppler ultrasonography may be a reversal of the diastolic flow can be seen in there but uh, the diagnosis is confirmed with the help of ct and mr angiography 
so if someone says you you have to only do the ct scan or the doppler then you say that no we don't have to do simply that because that will only demonstrate the enlarging kidney and doppler can demonstrate the reversal of the diastolic flow but we go for ctm or mr angiography that will specifically show the obstruction management depends on the presence of the acute kidney injury if the if acute kidney injury is present it requires urgent clot removal with the help of thrombolysis and thrombectomy otherwise anticoagulation alone is appropriate for this renal vein thrombosis all right so this acute renal vein thrombosis present with hematuria and renal vascular congestion and flank pain most commonly causes this nephrotic syndrome malignancies and trauma you confirm with the help of ct and mr angiography and renal venography but remember that renal size is increased because whenever you see a renal size increase you think about the carcinoma or polycystic kidney disease or something but think about the renal vein thrombosis also now in adult membranous nephropathy is a common cause of the nephrotic syndrome it is also an important risk factor for the acute renal vein thrombosis however this patient does not have a protein urea making the nephrotic syndrome unlikely in addition membranous nephropathy alone would not explain this patient's enlarging kidney as chronipaturia okay because instead there will be microscopic hematuria in case of the membranous nephropathy nephrolithiasis can cause a flank vein hematuria however it would not explain the enlarging kidney without hydronephrosis okay the pain of the nephrolithiasis is often paroxysmal rather than dull and constant the pyelonephritis presence with dysuria fever hematuria flank pain the absence of the fever and urinary tract symptoms and leukocytosis or the nitrates make this diagnosis less likely there is significant overlap in the presentations of the renal infarctions and acute renal vein thrombosis however the renal infarctions most commonly occurs due to the cardioembolic diseases such as the arterial fibrillations atrial fibrillations and resulting in the incomplete infarctions and the wet shape infarctions of the kidney in uh, addition the patients frequently reports the abdominal pain and acute increase in the blood pressures due to renin release okay so yeah this uh, renal vein thrombosis and renal infarctions findings are overlapping but in renal vein infarctions there may be any sort of the uh, cardiac disease where you see embolization is there or something okay and there uh, incomplete infarctions can lead to wet shape infarctions but there will be no increasing in the size or something and also blood pressure was increased with the renal infarction okay moving on to the next question okay so this patient who has sustained a direct blow to the flank that is the handrail uh, impact okay now has flank that is mid back pain flank pain and also the chymosis and tenderness this presentation concerning with the renal injury and should prompt imaging of the kidney via the ct scan blunt trauma can injure the kidney via direct blow as in this patients or by rapid compressions of the kidney against the paravertebral muscles clinical findings frequently associated with the renal injury includes the flank pain tenderness and flank ichymosis which may presents with retroperitoneal hematoma and renal bleeding so there can be retroperitoneal hematoma renal bleeding flank ichymosis hematuria either gross or microscopic more than equal to 3 rbc on the high power field and urine analysis hematuria significantly increase the suspicions for the renal injury however its absence as in this patients does not exclude the further need for a further workup okay we have to do the further workup hematuria is not present in one of the patient with the renal injury even when they are severe okay so example evolution of the uteropelvic junctions or something is there then also sometimes we can see that there is no hematuria so but still we have to do the ct scan of the abdominal pelvis with contrast uh, typically multiple phasic like non contrast arterial corticomedullary and excretory is used to diagnose the renal trauma and should be obtained in the patients with concerning clinical findings such as flank tenderness ichymosis and mechanisms of the injury that is direct blow to the flank and in this patients the advantage of is the contrast enhanced ct scan for identifying the renal injury generally overweight the risk of the contrast related complications once diagnosis 
once uh, this diagnosis is made most blunt uh, renal injuries are managed non-operatively only okay so basically the blunt uh, trauma directly blow to the flank can cause the renal injury concerning clinical finding includes the flank pain chymosis and prompt CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis should be done regardless of whether the hematuria is present or not so you don't have to wait for hematuria just go for this CT scan moving on to the next question the elderly patient was agitated he was tachycardic okay and uh, lower abdominal that is suprapubic tenderness was there so lower abdominal tenderness is simply the suprapubic tenderness this is the finding which is not directly present in the question but you have to suggest you have to simply uh think okay like uh, whenever there is a uh, lower abdominal tenderness think about the suprapubic tenderness okay two days following the surgical repairs of the hip fractures likely due to acute urinary retentions acute urinary retentions occurs after the, uh, the surgical interventions of the hip fractures the major risk factors of the acute urinary retention is the specifically the male sex and uh, it is mainly seen in male as compared to the women okay next is advancing age 33% of the male of above 80 will develop this acute urinary retention, history of the BPH which this patient was having and also history of neurologic disease since this patient was having mild cognitive impairment so and also surgery especially abdominal surgery, pelvic surgery or joint arthroplasties. So what are the risk factors or what are the major risk factors for the acute urinary retention? So first the male sex, second is the advancing age, third is the history of the benign prostatic hyperplasia, next one is the history of the neurologic disease that is mild cognitive impairment and also the surgery especially the abdominal surgery, pelvic surgery and joint arthroplasty. It is likely that this patient has also recently taken the medications such as anesthetic and and anticholinergics that are the common cause of the acute uh, urinary retention. In a patient with suspected acute urinary retentions who is unable to avoid diagnosis is confirmed with the help of bladder ultrasonography. So if you think that this patient might have this uh, acute urinary retention, the first thing which you are supposed to do is the bladder ultrasonography where you see more than equal to 300 ml of the urine. That is the confirmation. Treatment is simply insert a Foley's catheter. Urine analysis should uh, should be collected to rule out the urine tract infections, a potential cause of this. And uh, obesity and also abdominal ascites, tissue edema may render the bladder ultrasonography. Okay, so it can be inaccurate. So in such cases, Foley's catheter insertions may be used for the diagnostic and therapeutic purpose. So if you see that there is ascites or a patient is obese or there is tissue edema, then instead of going for abdominal, this bladder ultrasonography, you simply put that Foley's catheter, you collect the amount of the fluid coming out from the kidney. If it is more than 300 ml, then you think that it is the uh, acute urinary retention. So what I said was acute urinary retention is common in elderly men especially in the setting of the underlying BPH. The risk of the acute urinary retention is further increased during the post-operative period. Diagnosis is made using the bladder ultrasonography. Okay, and uh, the findings suggesting the abdominal distension is lower abdominal pain and a lot of things. Are helpful in diagnostics the acute abdominal pain such as colitis, nephrolithiasis, or appendicitis. However, the acute urinary retention suspected first in this patients with numerous risk factors blood cultures followed by the intravenous vancomycins would be appropriate for the treatment of the gram positive bacteremia and which may presence with the confusions and tachycardia this patient has a clean surgical site infections like there is no surgical site okay infection and lower abdominal tenderness is there 
uh, we we see lower abdominal tenderness but this was not there and also absence of the fever and leukocytosis make this uh, acute urinary retention more likely a quiet environment may help to improve the delirium a most common cause of the agitations and the confusions in the hospitalized elderly patients however acute urinary retentions commonly causes a confusions agitations and should be suspected first in the patients with numerous risk factors uh, if possible use haloperidol and other typical antipsychotics should be avoided okay this use should be avoided we don't have to give this thing now moving on to the next question where you see the von apple lindau disease okay so the etiology is mutation of the vhl tumor suppressor genes on chromosome number 3 it is an autosomal dominant inherited disorders manifestation includes cerebellar and retinal hemangioblastomas okay so cerebellar and retinal hemangioblastomas pheochromocytoma and also the renal cell carcinoma which is simply the clear cell subtypes management includes surveillance for associated malignancies like if you get any one of these about three so you have to look for other also like eye examination retinal examination for hemangioblastomas and plasma urine metanephrins for pheochromocytomas mri of brain and spinal spine for the cerebellar hemangioblastomas and mri of abdomen for the renal cell carcinomas also tumor resection is to be done for the management now this patient uh, has evidence of bonapel lindau disease which is an autosomal dominant that results from the benign or the malignant multi organ tumors the most common tumors associated with vhl is the hemangioblastoma of the central nervous system particularly the cerebellum with a classic cystic nodular radiographic appearance so if you see on the cerebellum cystic nodular radiographic appearance that is the hemangioblastoma and also the retina although the tumors are non invasive symptoms occur due to hemorrhage or compression of the surrounding tissue bleeding from the retinal tumors can lead to the retinal exudates and impaired vision or untreated that is retinal detach with the vision loss acute hemorrhage in the brain tumors can results in herniations and death as likely occurred in the patients with the patient's father okay so patient's father has a history of this uh, acute herniations or something so think about that it is because of the brain tumor which is was associated with vhl malignant manifestations includes the renal cell carcinoma which occurs in uh, up to 70% of the patients with age uh, 60 okay and renal cell carcinoma is clear subtype and typically bilateral they often pre precede by formation of multi cystic uh, multiple renal cyst which are considered pre malignant lesion so it's not always necessary that in the setting of the renal cell carcinoma you'll see a firm mass you can see this multiple renal cyst okay which is the pre malignant condition and which can ultimately progress to the firm mass but if you see multiple renal cyst bilaterally don't always think about this uh, uh polycystic kidney disease okay autosomal dominant no you have to think about the renal cell carcinoma pre malignant condition also okay leiocomocytoma also occurs in uh, increased frequency and are characterized by paroxysm of the hypertension tachycardia and diaphoresis okay less common manifestations includes the vascular tumors of the endolymphatic sacs in the ear and the pancreatic diseases where you see cyst in the neuroendocrinal tumors genetics testing for the germline vhl mutation is a key for the diagnosis management requires frequent tumor surveillance beginning in the infancy and uh, early childhood now Let's talk about the autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease, which also manifests with the CNS and the renal diseases. However, the CNS disease is largely due to aneurysms, which would not appear as a cystic nodule on imaging. Okay, so an aneurysm never looked like cystic nodules. If you see cystic nodule, think about the hemangioblastoma rather than the tumors. Okay, the renal disease is characterized by progressive parenchymal obliterations of the cyst. and uh, which commonly leads to the flank pain immaturia and the condition is not associated with the retinal capillary hemangioblastomas the patients with the uh, 
Autosomal recessive polycystic disease typically present in infancy and childhood, although this disease is associated with multiple renal cysts. Patients characteristically develop the end-stage renal disease in early childhood and hepatobiliary involvement is common where you see hepatic fibrosis and also the liver cyst, which is not associated with the hemangioblastoma. Okay. Ephraimanis syndrome is an autosomal dominant condition associated with alterations of the tumor suppressor T53 gene. Okay. And it is a... Uh, usually result in early onset of the malignancies such as the sarcomas, breast cancers and uh, adrenal carcinomas. CNS diseases is characterized by the gliomas and also the medulloblastomas and non-hemangiomas. Neurofibromatosis type 2 is another autosomal dominant disorders with marked CNS and ophthalmologic features. However, it is more commonly characterized by schwannomas, particularly of the vestibular nerve and meningiomas, characterized cataracts and the retinal hematomas are common with ophthalmic manifestations of the neurofibromatosis type 2. So yeah, this is it for this lectures. I hope you got few points. So basic outcome for this uh, question was simply Ivonopalendau disease is an autosomal dominant disorders resulting in a benign and a malignant multiple organ tumors and the most common tumors is the hemangioblastoma of the central nervous system and the retina. Other common manifestations include the renal cell carcinoma often preceded by the formations of the pre-malignant renal cysts and pheochromocytoma. Thank you so much for listening.